I don't know about you, but that song, uh, for me, that's a, that's a desperate prayer uh, kind of a song. Um, it's a prayer for me because I know that without God's direction, God's help, uh, I'll begin to think that, that, heck, I can do this on my own. Uh, I, I, can, I can navigate these waters uh, by myself. And, and it's a desperate prayer because I know I need a lot of help. Uh, really, many of us, I think uh, we try to handle a life on our own, uh, just, just practically speaking. We, we try to do it ourselves. E- even if we, we say, uh, God, I, I trust in you, even if we say it with our lips, uh, I think we, we believe in our hearts that, that uh, and if you look at our hearts, uh, we're trying to do it on our own. Um, generally, our lives are, are much more characterized by self-dependence than they are on on God dependence. And, and whether we believe it or not, each and every day, uh, every day of our lives, we face circumstances, opportunities, really, where we can put our hope and our trust in God uh, or put our hope and our trust in, in ourselves. Uh, and today, we're going to take a look at a time when a guy named Daniel was faced with just that choice. Uh, so, good morning. Uh, Welcome to Troy United Methodist Church. I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm especially glad you're here if this is your your first time uh, with us today. Uh, It's fantastic to have you here. We started a series last week uh, where we are, uh, where we've been looking at this hero of the Bible, Daniel, and uh, he lived uh, like 2,600 years ago, uh, and yet he faced circumstances in his life uh, that, that aren't exactly like the circumstances that we face, but are uh, the, the choices that he had to make and the way he had to respond to uh, them internally are, are the same types of choices that we need to make, even though our circumstances might be a little bit different. Now, if you recall about Daniel, uh, uh, last week we learned that uh, Daniel was from Jerusalem, uh, and it was uh, about 605 B.C., when uh, the Babylonian Empire, led by King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, conquered Jerusalem and deported uh, the, the upper crust of the Jewish society, the religious leaders, the political leaders, uh, the, the, the educated, uh, took them and deported them to Babylon, a journey of over uh, 700 miles. And, and last week we saw and we learned that Daniel and his fellow Jews, they faced all kinds of challenges when they were in Babylon. Uh, they they were now thrust into a culture that wasn't, um, wasn't what they were used to, number one, but wasn't supportive of their, their desiring to put their hope and their trust in following the God of the Bible. Uh, but even when Daniel and his friends were, were faced with pressures, they had all kinds of pressures put on them from their surrounding culture, um, even though they were faced with these pressures, they, they didn't shift. They, they didn't shift their values uh, to the values uh, and the, the pressures of their culture. And God blessed them uh, for that. Uh, we learned that God will bless us when we stay true to following Jesus, even when uh, the people around us um, aren't. And, and so uh, we learned one of the ways that Daniel was blessed was that he earned the respect of the king. Uh, and he became actually a, a, a kind of an advisor to the king. Uh, he was one of the king's uh, wise men. Now, 
uh, that's where we're going to pick up today. Today we're going to take a look at what happens in chapter 2 of the book of Daniel. So um, if, if you happen to have your Bibles with you, uh, go ahead and open them up to uh, Daniel chapter 2. Daniel is about two-thirds of the way through the Bible uh, after the really long books of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Then comes Daniel. Uh, but if you don't have your Bible with you, you can follow along on the screen. Uh, but let's jump into Daniel's story. Uh, Daniel chapter 2. Um, in the second year of his reign... Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Now, dream interpretation is not something that uh, we do a whole lot of today. Uh, you might wake up uh, like out of, out of your sleep and, and roll over, and if you're, you're uh, married, you, you say to your spouse, whoa, you're not going to believe this dream that I had. That, that happens some, from time to time, and they might say, well, you must really be worried about something. I don't know. May, maybe they have their interpretation, uh, but, but when you read about uh, dream interpretation in the Bible, uh, you, you find that, that people put a lot of weight into their dreams. In fact, many times throughout Scripture, um, and, and even in some cases today, uh, God would use dreams to speak to people. Uh, so, so King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, when he had uh, his dream, he, uh, he, he kept his magicians and his astrologers and his, his wise men close at hand to help him uh, interpret these visions and dreams uh, that he would occasionally have. So this wasn't an uncommon request. I mean, that's really what I'm trying to get across. This, this wasn't like way out there in left field. This, this was a, a pretty commonplace. In fact, uh, we kind of understand that it's commonplace by, by seeing how the astrologers and magicians and, and, and diviners, how, how they respond. They respond by saying in verse 4, uh, they, they answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. But that's as far as the normal requests of the king go. In fact, many scholars have, have studied the life of King Nebuchadnezzar, and, and there are uh, instances of him outside the scriptures. We uh, read, read about his life and some of his uh, activities um, in all kinds of places. But uh, uh, many scholars in studying King Nebuchadnezzar have suggested that that he was a rather imbalanced human being, uh, a, little, a little eccentric, uh, maybe even having a mental illness. Uh, at the very least, he was extremely egotistical and unreasonable. And based on what I'm about to read to you, I think you'll probably agree. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more, they replied, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. And then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. 
You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. I said you'd agree that the king was a little off kilter. Uh, and, and you do, you agree. He, he, he not only wanted them to interpret the dream, he wanted them to tell him what he dreamt in the first place. Now think about that. Uh, actually, better than think about that. Why don't you turn to somebody uh, around you? Maybe it would be a little awkward if you didn't come with this person, but it's okay uh, because this is a safe place. So, so turn to somebody around you, and this is what I want you to do. Okay, do, you're not supposed to be looking at me now. Uh, at the very least, look at the screen. Uh, you can look at the screen, all right? Here we go. So you can do this with me if you came by yourself. Uh, now I want you to focus. Look very closely into the person's eyes. Focus. You're doing this, right? Okay, look very closely. Now, tell them what they dreamt last night. You can do this, can't you? What, what did they dream? Now, now uh, maybe you're like, they never dream anything, so this is easy. Uh, but you have no idea what I dreamt last night. I was just thinking about it over there. It was weird. Uh, I was like running. I was, anyway, you tell me what I dreamt. Uh, anyway, so what, what do you say to that? When somebody says, just that says something off the wall that, that you're required to do or you're going to be cut up into pieces. Uh, for, what do you say to that? I, I know what I would say. I would say, what kind of request? That's nuts. That's, a, that's impossible. And that's just how the magicians and the astrologers responded. Hear this. This is great. Verse 10, the astrologers answered the king, there is not a person on earth that can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked for such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And they don't live among human beings. A couple things that I, that I want to point out about this that I think uh, are extremely applicable for us today. First off is this, uh, and you don't, really don't need me to tell you this. Uh, sometimes in our lives, we just face seemingly impossible situations, don't we? You've been there. Maybe some of you are there right now. What are the seemingly impossible circumstances that you find yourself facing? Maybe it's a relational challenge, some challenging relationship. I mean, maybe you're struggling with a person who just refuses to bend. You... You're tired of beating your head against the wall trying to get this person in your life to change. Or maybe it's, it's a financial in nature. Uh, your home won't sell. Uh, you're, you can't find a good enough paying job. Uh, finances are tight. Uh, not sure how you're going to pay for, for child care or for school or uh, those mounting medical bills. Maybe you're feeling the pressure. You're just not sure how you're going to make it. It seems like an impossible situation. Or could it be a physical challenge, something uh, that seems impossible to overcome, an illness, um, uh, an inability to have children, cancer, something that's, that's just 
unexplainable, undiagnosed, but it's plaguing you. Maybe it's some, some hurdle that you have to get over in order to get your weight under control. Or, or maybe it's a spiritual challenge uh, that, that just seems impossible to overcome. Guilt. You're just ridden with guilt from your past. You can't seem to shake it. can't seem to get, get over it or around it. Um, maybe it's a struggle to forgive somebody. Uh, or a, a, lock, a lack of uh, progress um, in, in your grief process or, or healing process. Uh, may, maybe it's an addiction that just has you just bound in chains and, and you can't get past it. Uh, maybe it's even just, just an, ability, an inability to completely surrender your heart to God. You just cling for control. Well, what is it that seems impossible for you well, where is it that, that you have uh, tried and tried and tried everything that you know to do, but nothing seems to be making any progress in this impossible situation? Where is it that you feel just absolutely stuck and, and you don't even know the, the next place to turn to? Well, where is it that you're tempted to say, what you're asking for is just impossible? You know, that's what the magicians and the astrologers were, were feeling. It's, it's what they were facing. Very, very real circumstance. Uh, but, but what I want to suggest is that the way that they answered the king uh, reveals that, that they were so used to just purely and simply depending on their own abilities to handle whatever circumstances they were facing. Uh, well, where in your life are you... You're just depending on your own abilities to get through uh, and yet falling short. Well, where, where has your training and your experience and all the skills that you've developed, where, where is that just not enough? And just a hint here, um, it doesn't take a long living life before you realize that, that there are all kinds of things that, that you just don't have it within you to handle. And if you think you can, then, um, then uh, friend, you're, you're fooling yourself. Uh, take that from a guy who, who thinks that he can handle just about everything and, and, and learns uh, real quickly. Uh, that about the only thing that I can really do without God is just to make a mess of things. Um, thank you for not saying amen there. That's, that's, that was the right place to be silent. Uh, but you know what I mean. Uh, but really, what's the alternative? Uh, I, if, we can't, if we can't do it, then, then where is it that we're supposed to turn? Well, let's contrast the magician's response to the king with uh, the response that, that Daniel has when he hears about the king's unreasonable and seemingly impossible demand. Uh, first off, we learn in verse 16 that, that Daniel asks the king for more time uh, so that he can interpret the dream. Uh, but then the key stuff for us happens in verse 17 and 18. Then Daniel returned to his house, and he explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, who we saw last week. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. We've got to hear this. 
And we, we've, we've got to learn from this. This, this, is, this is so important. Daniel's immediate response when he faced the seemingly impossible circumstances that he was facing was, was to depend on God. Now, specifically, Daniel turned to God in prayer and he turned to his community uh, for help. Uh, now, now, we learned last week that God blessed Daniel for his faithfulness and his um, refusal to, to compromise to eating food from the king's table and, and he, he remained true to God. And uh, and we learned that one of the ways that God blessed him, um, one of the ways that, that he was uh, really rewarded for his uh, unwavering, uncompromising uh, following of God, was that he was given the ability to interpret visions and dreams. Um, and yet, right, right here, Daniel's not depending on those abilities. No, he, he immediately turn to God in prayer and turn to his community to pray with him. Friends, you and I, we need, we need to have as quick a response whenever we're faced with difficult circumstances, let alone impossible ones. We must learn to do the exact same. We must learn to depend on God. And I, I know, I know, um, if you're around here for very long, you hear that, you know that, you hear it all the time. But but what I really want to wrestle with and, and maybe spell out a little bit is, is what that looks like practically. When, when somebody says, hey, dude, you got to depend on God. Uh, on, listen to me. That's not a situation you can handle. Depend on God. Um, when somebody says that, um, what does it look like? What are some practical things that you can do that show your dependence on God, that don't just give lip service to dependence on God, but are actually uh, just real practical actions that you can take that help you learn dependence and show your dependence on God? And, and, and uh, I've got a handful of these, and the first two come straight from what Daniel did. First, you've got to pray for the impossible. When you're faced with the impossible, start by asking God to make a way through the impossible. If it's a difficult relationship, ask God to, to help change the person's heart. Ask God to, to help your heart change toward that person. If it's a difficult financial situation, ask God to provide. If it's a physical challenge, ask God to bring healing, yes, or, or strength to persevere through the pain or, or the courage uh, and the discipline really to make the needed changes that need to be made. If it's a spiritual challenge, ask God to help you forgive someone. Ask, ask God to, to help you let go and really surrender control to him. Now, hear me on this. If it, I know you're facing difficult circumstances. I, I know you are. If you're not praying about them, then for all practical purposes, you're trying to do it on your own. You've got to start by turning to God in prayer uh, about your difficult, maybe seemingly impossible circumstances. Uh, but secondly, and, and from Daniel's example, just as importantly, he, he shared his burdens in community. Uh, just practically speaking, here at Troy United Methodist Church, I just want to say... It, your community is your church community. And the way we try to help facilitate that is, is by encouraging you to get into a journey group. You are probably so sick and tired of hearing that, but that's, that's the best avenue 
to grow is to be in community with others. Um, to, the, the coming weeks are a perfect time to, to get into a journey group. There are so many opportunities coming around the bend to get into godly community. Um, our, our newsletter for next month comes out this coming week. Um, and and we, had, we had so many journey groups that are starting new this fall that we're having to add like a whole nother set of pages in the middle of the newsletter if you're helping to label them and and, and everything. Thank you. Uh, we have, uh, you know, they're thicker this week. <laughs> uh, but uh, but there, there are so many new opportunities to, to get connected in a journey group. But the po- point is to surround yourself with Christ-following friends who uh, are there to uh, pray for you and encourage you just as you are there to pray for and encourage them. Um, it, it's a mutual thing. Don't try to live this life on your own. Uh, so often, God teaches us how to depend on him by learning to depend on others, those that he puts around us in our lives. Uh, God uses community oftentimes to provide for the impossible. But another practical way to be reminded of your dependence on God um, instead of trying to do it all yourself is to, to practice the spiritual discipline of fasting. Uh, th- this summer, I've been in a season of, of fasting and prayer uh, uh, specifically for uh, our children's ministry here at Troy United Methodist Church. Uh, at the beginning of the summer, uh, we were um, uh, in a position where I was, I w- was uh, praying that God would uh, lead us to hire the right person uh, to lead our children's ministry. And not only that, uh, because we knew that it wasn't just about uh, who's in leadership, it's also about uh, I was praying for many volunteers to rise up, servant volunteers to say, I'm willing to uh, help serve in the children's ministry to meet the, the growing uh, numbers of children that God was just blessing us with, sending our way. And, and we just, you know, needed a, a stronger, a larger team of folks. And, and you know what? God has been providing. Uh, we believe we made a great hire in, in Sarah and We've added uh, several new key volunteers. In fact, uh, uh, many of whom are serving for the first time this week. So uh, don't give them a hard time. Uh, but uh, we want them to come back. Uh, but uh, say thank you. Uh, but th- and there are still opportunities. We're not, we're not totally there yet. But, but here's the point about, about fasting. What, what fasting uh, does, uh, oftentimes uh, coupled with, with prayer. Um, fasting, uh, or what I mean by that is denying yourself uh, physical nourishment for a period of time. Um, uh, for me, my, my pattern has been uh, I don't eat, or I eat dinner on, on one evening, and then I don't eat again until dinner the next evening. So it's a 24-hour fast. Um, and and that's, that's enough time for me to, to really feel hungry um, and, and to, to fight through those, those hunger pains. And, and every time I get a hunger pain, this is this is the process, what goes through my head and I think is, is part of the discipline of fasting and how it grows your relationship with God and enhances your prayer life, is um, when, when I feel the hunger pain, I immediately turn my attention to God and I say, wow, God, I am so utterly dependent on, on you for everything. And even the food that I eat, my body will not go that long without really feeling uh, my desperate need f- 
for something as simple as food. How much more do I need you, God? You, you provide for everything, and I know that you can provide for, for this situation that I am praying and fasting about. Uh, that's, that's, that's how fasting works, and God teaches us through the spiritual discipline of fasting um, how to depend on him and reminds us of how dependent we are on him for everything, even the most simple things in life. Uh, another practice to learn dependence on God uh, rather than on yourself is to practice uh, godly financial stewardship, uh, beginning with tithing. Uh, tithing is giving back to God the, the first fruits of what he has blessed your life with, uh, uh, giving back the first 10% of uh, your income. And I found that one of the greatest pressures in our world, I uh, mentioned this briefly last week, but one of the greatest pressures of our culture and our society around us is, is uh, we're pressured to feel discontent. It is so difficult these days to feel content with what you've got. I mean, social media, where you see what everybody else is doing, that, that just contributes to it, but, but it's uh, contentment is so, it seems like uh, just fleeting. It seems impossible to, to achieve. And here's what tithing does. Um, it shifts one's focus from what they don't have to all that God has richly provided for them. Um, and it teaches us gratitude, and dependence on God. Uh, tithing is a, is a spiritual discipline that God intends to, to teach us obedience, but also remind us of our dependence on him for, for everything. Uh, th those, are, those are four um, simple yet very practical disciplines, uh, activities uh, to teach us how to depend on God, that, that actually illustrate our dependence on God. Um, and and they're, they're practices that each of us can begin to implement in one form or another into our lives if we haven't already. Um, and I, I just want to ask, where, where might God be calling you uh, to learn dependence on him and practice dependence on him? Uh, I, I tell you, well, what happens all kinds of wonderful things happen, um, but but ultimately, what happens is you you have this, this kind of a new security in your heart, um, a, a peace, a contentment, a, a, a joy that that permeates your life and holds up during uh, the the ups and the downs of life. And when you put your dependence on God for real with actions, and not just lip service, like, yeah, I'm trusting God for this. Uh, but when, when you really put your money where your mouth is, uh, you're not let down. God comes through even, even if it's, it's just the, the sense of peace uh, that, that comes into your life. And gosh, you can't give enough for peace these days. Um, you know, when Daniel depended on God and went to God in prayer, uh, what happened is God revealed the mystery of the king's dream to Daniel. And, and Daniel praised God, and then he went back to the king, 
And after the king asked him if he could tell him his dream and interpret it, Daniel told him this. And, and these, these verses are so powerful, and they're, they're printed in your message notes. I want you to take these home and, and reflect on these. Um, Daniel uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 27 and 28. Daniel replied to the king, No wise man enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Friends, there is no wise person, no expert, no self-help guru, emotionally secure, physically gifted, or spiritually mature person who can solve the seemingly impossible challenges that you and I face on a regular basis. None. But there is a God in heaven who can do the impossible. There is a God in heaven who thrives on the impossible because it's in the impossible that you and I, instead of just talking about it, we're actually driven to have to depend on God in the impossible. God loves the impossible. Uh, and are you putting yourself in a position of depending on God uh, or are you still trying to manage life's challenges on your own? Friends, don't, don't give an answer just based on what you hope your life would reveal. But let's be objective. What, what are your actions showing? Are you living a life of dependence on God or are you just saying you depend on God but living your life as if it was all up to you? You know, uh, I hope you know that this process of recognizing your utter dependence on God, it's a, it's a prerequisite for this life-changing journey with Jesus. Did you know that? It's like, it's foundational. Uh, the, that recognition is the foundation of a relationship with God. Because if we come to God saying, oh God, you know, I, I, good life, thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've got most of this figured out. There are a handful of things that I, I don't quite have figured out, so if you could really help me on those, that would be great. I, friends, that's missing the mark. That's like totally not what following Jesus is all about. Uh, see, the truth is we all, every single one of us, faces at least one impossible situation. One, one that, that we cannot, no matter how hard we try, cannot overcome and achieve on our own. Uh, we face uh, this situation where, where we can't live on our own a perfectly righteous life. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. We all, uh, some of us uh, re regularly, consciously choose to do our own thing rather than, than follow God's ways. And that, what that does is that creates a distance between us and God. And one that the Bible makes pretty clear that is an impossible distance for us to overcome on our own. Well, we can't do it. It can't be done. The only way to be made right with God, to span that distance, is to acknowledge our desperate need for Jesus, to, to be utterly dependent on him. We can't do it on our own. And acknowledging that truth and receiving the grace and mercy that God offers us uh, that is made possible through Jesus, that's what it means to be a Christian. This dependence on God thing, that's... That's a prerequisite for being a Christian. If you think you can do it without him, then by definition, 
you're not a Christ follower. You know, for some of you, that's, you know, that's the hurdle that, that you've yet to overcome. Maybe the one that you have been trying to get over for years. Um, it's, it's the answer to the question that, that, you, that kind of plagues you, uh, like, why, why haven't I been experiencing peace? Or joy, or contentment, or, uh, or, or the presence of God with me? Why haven't I re- felt the presence of God in my life? That's, uh, maybe it's because you've been self-dependent. And the hurdle you need to get over is to humbly acknowledge your desperate need for God and let go of control and surrender your heart to him. In a couple of weeks, uh, two Sundays uh, from today, uh, Sunday, September 2nd, uh, we're having a combined worship service in here. You get to sleep in a little bit because it doesn't start till 10 a.m., but but you don't want to miss it. Uh, uh, We're calling it a a baptism Sunday uh, where several people will be uh, humbly standing before you, uh, sharing part of their journey with Jesus, and, and more than anything else, just humbly acknowledging their desperate need for God. Baptism is an outward sign of God's amazing grace, and it is uh, one more practical step that you can take uh, that shows dependence on God uh, by symbolically dying with Christ and being raised to new life in Christ, you're proclaiming to the world that your life is not your own. That, that you're not self-dependent anymore, but instead you are living a surrendered life, dependent on God for everything. You know, if God is stirring in your heart uh, today or has been for a while, there, there's still opportunity for you to participate in, in Baptism Sunday, um, to be baptized on on September 2nd, or uh, possibly to declare your faith publicly and remember your baptism. Maybe you were baptized at some time in the past, but God has really moved in your life, and you want to say, hey, I'm with Jesus. Um, and that's, that's possible for you too. Or uh, uh, parents, if you have children that you would like to have baptized, that you can, you can do that that day too. But just touch base with me. But for now, I just want to invite you to resolve in your heart to let go of whatever kind of false conceptions you have about self-dependence and learn practically to depend on God. Let's pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, you, you, you are a God who can do all things. The seemingly impossible situations in each of our lives are, are as simple to you as one plus one. Lord, we need you. We desperately need you. And yet, Lord, um, there, there is something inside us that, that just, just grasps for control, that, that is prideful enough to bang our head against the wall over and over and over again, trying to do it on our own rather than submitting to you, rather than practically depending on you. Father, would you teach us dependence? Help us put that into practice, uh, those those simple uh, actions that can reframe our lives around depending on you. Prayer and community and fasting and tithing and, and, and truly submitting, surrendering our lives to you. Lord, would you fill our lives with, with peace and contentment and a joy that, that only comes from you. 
And God, I, I, I just have a sense, I, I know in my heart that there are some of us here today who are really, um, really facing a seemingly impossible situation. And as a community of faith, uh, God, we, we just want to be faithful even right now to lift them up before you. Lord, would you do the impossible in their lives? W- would you bring the healing? Would you change the heart? Would you provide the way out? Would you break the chains? W- would you do, God, what only you can do? Lord, we pray it all all in the name of Jesus, the one who made a way for us when there was no other way. Amen. And during this uh, uh, final worship song, I, I just want to encourage you, if you're, uh, especially if you're facing uh, a difficult cir- uh, situation, a difficult circumstance, uh, this is a place where, where you can you can turn to God in prayer. Uh, like really, not just say that, oh yeah, I pray. Um, there, there, there are prayer stations up here. You can come and, and, uh, and there are kneeling pads. You can kneel and, and just offer your, your heart to God. Um, hold up whatever situation it is that you might be facing. Um, if you feel more comfortable just doing that in your seat, you, you can do that there too. Um, and, and if... Um, you know, you have community here. Um, if if uh, somebody comes forward and you, if you're a friend of that person, you know, you can come and, uh, you know, pray for them too. Uh, this is, uh, we're a family. Um, but this is just an, an open invitation to you as we uh, close out our morning and worship, uh, as we see that it's, it's Christ alone that we can depend on. So why don't you come?